It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. I am excited to be talking about this because we have been wrestling with this idea for a very long time and been praying through it and we've we've uh, wrestled with some stuff on the Catalyst side that we are bringing to light publicly for the first time and if you're a church mystery leader and you've been around a while and you and you feel the the frustrations of why aren't things progressing as I hope they they should or could why do you think why do we keep recycling and and circulating the same Christians around the city you know we're from Austin Texas 85% of this city does not go to church and it, it feels like in the harvest is plentiful the workers are few why is church attendance still dropping all this sucks what do we do about it so we have some ideas because we really feel like our culture is primed for a new expression of church what does that mean though what does that look like and so um you guys are familiar with zach you've seen him in a lot of our videos this is aaron the man alba uh graduating intern do we even graduate interns uh, it's kind of forever. In okay, we officially did. graduated this intern because yes. we're sick of having you as an intern. Finally. Aaron is on the front lines of this gener- next generation, loving the snot out of people. He's got such a pastoral gifting within him. He's just in the weeds of people that want nothing to do with church, Jesus, and at the same time, around a lot of uh, Christians that just are done with church for whatever reason. Yep. So let's just start real quick. And listen, this video is going to be worth it. Hang tight. We're going to zoom through some big ideas that you're going to be able to wrestle with. I'm going to give you five really big ideas that you're going to have to take some time and you're probably going to want to contact us and we'll give you more details, but this is going to be worth it. But let's start with this. 30 seconds or less, What what's your take on where things are at with church? Why, whether Christian or non-Christian, why aren't people wanting to go anymore? Um, I think the answer is the same for both, honestly. It's needs aren't being met and someone would rather make an extra couple bucks babysitting on a Sunday morning and they get their fill of whether it be just friendship during the week or deep philosophical talk on on Tumblr or another app or a discussion board somewhere and they they don't see it as a necessary aspect of their week and they're 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 viewing it as more of a task or a routine opposed to an, uh, just a fun thing to do that can change lives. Okay, so anything that they would normally get from church including like spiritual depth, encouragement, nourishment, you're saying that they're finding all those things online, exactly. blogs, exactly. podcasts. And I, you guys, I know you're, you're, you're seeing the same things in some ways as well. Zach, what, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it, right? Like, we're familiar with all the excuses. Yeah. You know, Sunday morning, I got to get up early. <laughs> yeah. I got to put on pants. <laughs> I really don't get anything. Mm-hmm. Worship's kind of weird. I don't know mm-hmm. what to do there. I still kind of I feel guilty from Saturday night. Yeah. I want to watch football and update mm-hmm. my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Really, like I've got a busy week and a lot going on. Mm-hmm. None of my friends go. It's it's not relevant. I don't know. Okay, so so of all the things competing for our time, somehow church just isn't making the cut exactly. each week. Is exactly. what it boils down to. So we look at this and we feel like okay, but they're they're giving their time to something, and we're not just talking about millennials, right? We're not just talking about teens 20s 30s we're we we were meeting with someone in their mid 40s last week that was wrestling with the same stuff it's just like i don't feel like 
church is meeting the need, you know, in my life. And so, so, so if we drill down on that, here's one of five concepts we're going to throw out. Um, one is, and Zach, you brought this up, this idea of, of church being not top down. Yeah. So, so talk about that for a minute. So Sunday's a day where a lot of people just go in the doors and out of the doors and you really don't even have to talk to anyone if you don't want to. You can just go hook up, get your fill, wipe away your guilt, and then go back home. And you just rely on the pastor to do all of the talking and the preaching. Like it's kind of his show. In fact, he's the reason that a lot of us either go to church or don't go to church. And so, you know, wiping, wiping that form like off off the play, like no more top-down leadership. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a role to play. Like this is a body and everybody with their unique gifts and purposes have a role to play, not only on Sunday mornings, but in the church throughout the week. Exactly. Okay, now, so a lot of people watching would say, oh, well, we, we already do that. I feel like that's our church. You know, we're not big on, you know, titles or things like that. We treat everybody equally, give people an opportunity, <laughs> yeah. you know, to grow. And, and, and so they don't, we're like 80-20 rule. We already knew it was going to happen, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, but how do you, how do you have a not top-down approach? I mean, that's, that's, that's tricky. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it's scary. Right. Yeah. And so at some of the, the things that we do, mm-hmm. we'll let anybody kind of facilitate a night in an open forum type discussion. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like Russian roulette. Sometimes you never know what's going to come out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. But what people see is I have a voice here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a part to play in this community. Mm-hmm. And then as we, uh, we hear what they're thinking and they're mm-hmm. pouring out their hearts, we have an opportunity to reaffirm them mm-hmm. and then walk through some of those things that they talked about. Yeah. Now, on a, on a worship night, when we do worship nights, which is separate from our forum nights, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a little more guided, but anyone can read a scripture. Mm-hmm. Anyone can open a prayer. We do some open mic type stuff, mm-hmm. and and the goal is we don't want it to just be one person up front. Okay. Even our, our teaching, like we'll rotate that. So. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a different spin on this because I like that. This is good. Uh, not top down approach to me. When I see uh, a, a traditional elder deacon team, right? You you're you got some volunteers, but then you have a lot of people that are paid. Uh, you have the paid pastoral staff on there. Most people don't have visibility in the church as to what happens behind those closed doors, um, nor do most people care, but but some do. And and some want insight into that. When we looked at, when we started a nonprofit, I think the thing that, I, that we started with was a, a working board of directors. And that's what we still have. And when I see a working board of directors, to me, I see a not top-down approach to the way church should be. And, and think of it this way, like we bring in people onto our board, they, there's voting members and non-voting members, none of them are paid, but all of them hold a significant role in the church over volunteering, fundraising, accounting, all this kind of stuff. All the key positions you would normally pay someone for are led by volunteers. That's how nonprofits operate. Yeah. And as a church, as a nonprofit, man, I think there's a lot of biblical wisdom into doing it that way. And I'm not talking about stepping on all the, the advice and guidance from the pastoral letters, from Paul to Timothy, none of that. Keeping all that intact. But can we just blow up the whole idea of <laughs> pastors, deacons, elders still have those functions, but maybe not use those titles? Maybe have this collective working board of volunteers of really everyday people that are holding other career jobs run the day-to-day in the church that's i think there's something good there too because what you're saying is 
we have a diverse board. We have a diverse leadership team, right? Yeah. And that's ultimately what we want to draw is to draw this diverse generation to us. Right. And so I saw there, whenever you said that, these people have normal jobs. They're not just like clergymen. They're not just yeah. in the mm -hmm. church. Your regular jobs have a part to play in our church or in our mm -hmm. organization. Mm -hmm. And you know what? All of your background and your experience and your stories have a part to play right. in our organization. Right. And with a diverse board or a diverse leadership team, we'll start to attract the diverse people group or people that we yeah. want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I also think that when you're saying maybe you could leave the titles, you could leave mm -hmm. the deacon, you could leave the elder, but you can change the face mm -hmm. of what that is. You say a lot of clo behind closed doors. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, just trust that what's mm -hmm. going on behind closed doors is okay. Mm -hmm. How about instead of just us trusting that, you prove it to us. You know what I mean? And one of my favorite things I've ever seen at the church is Sunday morning, I sit down, never been there before, they'd pass out their entire budget. This has been our budget for the past year. Like this is like where our money's going. And so like maybe just like fleshing out, like this is the idea of the deacon elder team is like putting out there. We just want you guys to be in on it. We want you guys to see what was going on behind closed doors because no door should be closed in a lot of these situations. Yeah. yeah. Generation and, values transparency. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's key. It's that, that transparency that, that is, is highly valued. Okay, let's move on. Uh, that's one. Two is this idea of more justice initiatives. And I know that that's been the craze for a long time yeah. with the church. Um, everybody's kind of got something they're doing. There's still a lot of churches that, you know, outreach is an event that they schedule and they do a little bit of it, but it's majority taking care of your your tithers, your donors, your Christian base. Yeah. So what is, why would more justice, justice initi initiatives mark a new expression of, of church totally well we just talked about giving them ownership right and like yeah. wiping that top-down format this is a great way to kind of level the playing field mm -hmm. philanthropy is like the heartbeat of this next generation mm -hmm. and i know it's not just here in austin but like all across the nation mm -hmm. we're more connected we're starting to recognize we're a part of a global community mm -hmm. and they're wanting to know okay so i see the church but then i see all the problems <laughs> in the world right. how can a good god let all this go on? well mm -hmm. we're called to be a part of that solution so yep. as they they plug in to serve and alleviate mm -hmm. some of those problems, and they're able to see Jesus lived out. Mm -hmm. They're open to hearing what we had to say. Yeah, and so you're tapping into what they already want to do and giving them an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I was also think the kind of justice initiatives going out to feed the homeless, kind of like impacting community. It shouldn't just be a scheduled thing. It shouldn't be a okay. We're gonna go serve um, Monday night from six to eight. It should be a kind of, it goes back to this lifestyle. Cut it out. We had dinner. Exactly. It's like, you, I've seen a church one's like, revival's happening on Sunday at two. It's like, oh, I didn't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't feel that that's biblical or correct. And so I was hanging out with one of my friends the other night and he just stopped at a light middle of our conversations at one second, man, rolled down the window and just gave a sandwich and some lunch, like a lunch to this random guy on the street mm -hmm. and the guy's face just lit up and he like ran into like the middle of like oncoming traffic grabbed him back and ran off and so well, there's no cars yeah, like, yeah they're yeah, about yeah. to come and so i think that thing is is it, it's not just a let's schedule out a budget let's do it i think it's just a just just do it because we can yeah, because build it into culture yeah church. yeah and so and this is a, and this is you're touching on something really big here because when when as a church and a ministry leader we hear more justice initiatives it's kind of like, oh great more things exactly. that we got to do exactly. to rally people who won't show up to the thing anyway mm -hmm. and really put in their time, talent, exactly. or whatever yeah. it is. But that's not exactly what we're saying is to go create more outreach. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's to tap in to the organic, natural kind of justice initiatives that are already happening. Yes. And Aaron, you're actually great at this because you're, you. you're one of those guys that 
you'll be like, hey, so-and-so needs help moving. You're gonna get on our Slack feed. We use Slack, but any internal, internal communication and you're gonna, Facebook, you're gonna text people and you're gonna throw it out there. It's like, hey, so-and-so needs needs help moving. Y'all wanna go bless this family and wanna come with me. Yeah. It's you know happening in two hours. Yeah. But but to even have a church community that's opened up to that kind of dialogue that can tap in and feel that that organic stream of community and then jump in, and, you know, whether it be spirit led or, you know, planned and organized more of those opportunities where you're doing rather than sitting and receiving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. The people that head up those things might actually be sitting in the church right now saying, Man, I wish I had an opportunity to blank feed the homeless or whatever. Right. So. Right. Yeah, Let can. them quarterback it. Right. They, they can. Yeah, they can. It's, it's a heart change, I think. And so, uh, it's it's weird because like people, church leaders could ask for that, but the next thing you know, the church I go to, I get group texts every weekend like, yeah. "Go do this, go do this," and like I'll blow it off. Then two days later, I'm like, "Hey, God, give me a, a way I can serve." I was like, "I tried to give you a way to serve two days ago, but you wanted to sit on your butt and sleep in." Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just it's a it goes right back to not top down. It goes to bottom up. It's like yep. you, you change the world around you by you helping yep. someone move. Yep. All right, I'm gonna move on to number three. Okay. Um, and this is one we're gonna pilot this maybe this summer, okay. depending on how things go. But uh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's this idea of, and, I, and we love this because we put it on paper and we're like, yes, this is what people want. And it's an idea of open-handed membership. Um, and, and so what we mean by that is, is, is saying to somebody, hey, we would love for you to be a member here. But if you choose not to, that's okay. Mm -hmm. We want you to be free and, and, and not feel bound to have to give your time, money, or you know, talent to one specific place, and so this idea of open-handed membership, you know, says, listen, we recognize that we might be a community where you come and get discipled to go give it somewhere else to another community, and that's okay. We recognize that we might be investing in you, and your funds might be going to fund this other great initiative outside of us, and that's okay. It's giving permission for what people are wanting to do anyway, yeah. right? It's just saying, hey, we love you, we accept you, we want you here, and 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 so in order to be here, we're saying, well, what makes someone a member then? We're saying, well, for us, it might be this idea of they want to grow personally, professionally, spiritually, and they're committed to doing that, and we're committed to walking with them. And so whether they're actively pursuing that or inactively pursuing it they're still members they're free to be members of other churches and communities as well mm -hmm. right we're still gonna because we're one big body of Christ we don't care if you wear our t-shirt and have our bumper sticker and sign our logs and give us 10% and all that stuff it's more freeing and there's as the saying goes and I think the more as the church we give away right the more we're gonna end up receiving as a whole oh, totally so yeah. so so often it's like left hand versus right hand and we're just beating right. ourselves up like <laughs> right. yeah. one body of christ but right. at war with ourselves yeah and it's not meant to be like the coolest thing that we get to see is we have some programs that we run like in mm -hmm. the high schools here yeah and we'll have seven or eight churches represented yeah and each one brings a unique experience <laughs> yeah. their church culture mm -hmm. and we're stronger because of it 
Yes. And so it's neat to see the churches overlap. Yep. Here in, in Austin. Yeah. And we, we do a, a, a prayer and worship night on a Monday nights, and that is even a culmination of of people from, from different churches, no churches at all, you yeah. know, people seeking, and it's uh it's it, it feels like a community, a bigger community. And now what we're seeing is we're having insight and getting to know other churches. And, and loving other churches because we're getting to be around some of their their members and their people. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. this open-handedness is, is really a beautiful thing. So the the problem... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, on, yeah, yeah. If we let them go, yeah. then how do I keep the lights on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the fourth the fourth thing. And this, this is going to take some time, but I think of all the pillars, this one might be most needed. And that is when we look at a new expression of church, I'm saying that we have got to diversify our income. We cannot depend on tithes oh. alone. Yeah, yeah so, so we pass the plates. No, gosh. and then we have an app that we can do it. Yeah. And then there's envelopes in the back. It's yeah. diversify. Yeah. No, that's not diversification. And that's we not honestly. Check in card. I argue <laughs> that's not a good. That's not biblical. Good biblical stewardship. I mean. That the problem is tables in the what we all know and we don't say is none of us want to be enslaved to, right to to the whims of our tithers right like okay if we're a church that 90 percent of our income comes from tithing and when we have some big donors leave the church that that hurts us but even yeah. if in a perfect world everybody's giving you know a small amount but it's all coming from within the church people are giving because they get something back. It's consumerism, right? And so as a church, we're forced to shape our programs and do certain things based on what brings in tithes and offerings. Why do we do that? It's because I think it's I think it's because we don't know any other way. And I think it's because we don't we haven't we haven't let loose the entrepreneurial gifts that are laying dormant in churches all across the nation. So one of the ways we're trying to handle this, one, is we just wrote a book, right? Um, We we just published an online course. We like that. Okay, but that's a diversification of income, right? We we also set up a lot of the things that we do in terms of outreach in nonprofit buckets so that we can apply for grants. We won our first grant uh, back in December. Right for our after-school program. Now, normally, an after you know, reaching out to a high school for a church, man, that's an afterthought. That's hey, man, if our if our youth want to do it, yay, or if we can earmark five hundred bucks to go do it, awesome. No, we went out and got five thousand dollars of someone else's money to go reach out into a public school because we were right. We we had the street smarts enough to to separate these buckets and look at the income we're bringing in. And we're saying, well, that's not enough, too, right? We're doing 5Ks as a fundraiser. Yeah. And, and we're sitting here thinking about opening up a co-work space. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 we're, and we're continuing to push the bill on how do we diversify income. And the cool thing with a lot of those is you're just offering a product that you're already doing. Yep. Yep. And you're reaching people that might not set foot in a church initially. Like, they might not come to the church. Yep. But they saw this book. And it spoke to them in a way, and they started to live their purpose, and they want to know more about it. Right. Or, hey, I was working at this co-work space, and I was really inspired. Like, they tapped into my creativity and my purpose. Yeah. I want to know more about the people who opened it. Yeah. Well, hey, dude, check out check out our church. Yeah. yeah. Like, this happens all the time. Yeah. So. I think another know. thing is, um, like, we are a parachurch ministry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we have a different base of operations every couple semesters, because... 
searching for a home base. But at the same time, a lot of these churches, people that are probably watching these videos have a building. And I, 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 something that I've kind of been thinking about a lot recently it's a is... Place. It's a valuable asset. Yes, they have seven, seven days in a week. And the church is open, let's say, like four hours on a Sunday and like four hours on another night for like youth group. But other than that, it just sits dormant. And mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just empty. It's like you're paying for... You're paying for those days anyway, so how can you use it? Right. And so one of my really good friends back in Dallas, he he was really good at utilizing space, like multi-purpose space, like opening up during the week, not just a co-work, but like having a dance studio come in and use the big empty sanctuary mm-hmm. that no one does anything with, mm-hmm. or or hosting like different events, or like letting being a part of the community and letting the people in the community, like mm-hmm. high schools or or other nonprofits, even play people that may not aren't Christian at all, just mm-hmm. come in and use your facilities. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so so often we use other churches, but it doesn't have to be other churches. It could be have like have someone use it for like a birthday party, right. have someone rent right. it out for just a, right. a seminar. Yeah. Totally. And that okay, so quick story. I was working for a church and I got hired to run sound for this event mm-hmm. and I ended up running an event there. It was borderline Hindu worship service. <laughs> so be smart with the events that you let in and make sure that they're going to feed into your overall vision. Yeah. But that's the right thought. Yeah. There's a church in San Antonio that they have a church, and right next to it was soccer fields. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we want to reach families anyways. And they're gathering there every weekend and then all throughout the week for practice. Yeah. Let's build those soccer fields into our church and our church family. Yeah. Let's take our kids who are playing soccer there and mm-hmm. go and reach those people. Yeah. Well, now they want to build an old folks' home. And the old folks oh, can yeah. go and watch the young folks, and they can all go to church, and mm-hmm. all these stories start to overlap. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really cool idea. Love it. Love it. Are the old folks playing soccer as well? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last thing we'll touch on, and and uh, and honestly, this you'll find this in a lot of our other previous videos or earlier videos, and this is the holistic idea of discipleship, not just spiritual discipleship, but personal, professional, spiritual. How do we take yes. somebody and help them grow in every area of their life intentionally, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that church isn't relevant thought, right? Right. You're right. And, and you know what? A lot of people, especially a lot of people that we're trying to reach as the church, aren't ready for the, you know, the, the spiritual side of it yet. But they're ready to to figure out the career. They're ready. They're ready to figure out the relationships there yeah. with their spouse and with other people. And so and so let's start there. Let's help people grow in the areas that are the biggest pain points in their life. And, and, you know, as they become Christians, awesome. Let's weave in the spiritual elements to it as well. But let's never neglect all the other components, right? Let's treat it as a whole and help people grow closer to Jesus personally, professionally, spiritually in, in different dynamics. Um, our Purpose Project touches on that. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we do does. And we it, it, it's really the foundation of so much of our, our success and, and our, our growth and, and will be for ways to come. Yeah. So, so final thoughts on this and we wrap this up. What were you going to say, Aaron? I was going to say that um, I go to Austin Community College. Shout out River Bats. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> one thing I've noticed is the most people I come in contact with aren't Christians. Mm-hmm. And one this week today, actually, and one last week, I'm just sitting down, hanging out. Someone comes to sit next to me. And then naturally, as I do, I just kind of jump in their world. And last week, someone said, I already went to school. I got a degree in biomedical engineering. I live with my parents, but... And I, you're at Austin yeah, Community and, and, College. And I'm like, why are you at Austin ACC? Why are you at Austin Community College? It says, because I'm tired of being who this culture wants me to be, and I'm ready to be who I want to be. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I was like, hey, there's 
book. There's this videos video series that my the, my nonprofit that I that I work with that I just love to hang out with did. I send them in a free code. And then today, someone just comes next to me at a different campus and, and says, "Hey, man, I'm taking 19 hours. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. I'm, I'm getting married soon. Mm-hmm. I just feel kind of lost right now." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Hey, let's shoot, let me show you this link." And so I've noticed that the people that aren't in church are asking more for direction and more for clarity than the people that are in church. Mm-hmm. Not because that they, they need more clarity, they want more clarity. It's because the people that are sitting in churches on Sunday mornings are more scared to ask for it. Because mm-hmm. they think if they're asking, they're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it is. Mm-hmm. So, Love it. That's a great, great example. And that's what we're seeing every day as well. Yeah. Zach, you got anything? Yeah, I mean... This, this generation's hungry for purpose. Mm-hmm. They're hungry for authenticity and community. Mm-hmm. Like they want all of these things, these mm-hmm. social justice warriors. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're just begging like, why am I here? And the church has the answer to those questions. But can we open that dialogue with mm-hmm. them and give mm-hmm. them a space to start asking these questions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the answer is yes. We're primed mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. And they're primed for us. Absolutely. And also, I really hope the old people play soccer. I do. That's a pretty <laughs> awesome picture in my mind. Listen, we want you guys to know that we, our heart is for the greater church, the Big C Church. We want to see every church pack the house every Sunday. We know that there's some forms of, of traditional church that are never going away because people love them. But when we look at our culture as a whole and we see so many people disengaged with church, we, we feel that pain and, and we, we, we know that there's things that we can do, right, that, that speak to where our culture is at and still are absolutely biblical. And we want to, as we challenge ourselves to do that, we want to challenge you with us. So, so comment, follow us, subscribe, share this video with others. We'd love to get your feedback. We'd love to hear what you're doing out there that's working because we want to adopt some of your best practices as well. So thanks and until next time. For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.